So tonight, we are in our third week of our Revive series, and we're calling this one Revive Your Drive. Revive Your Drive, mainly because it rhymes and it sounds really cool. Uh, We're in this series uh, because we want to explore what it means to revive our lives and our community. And so I want to read again the definition uh, for revive, because sometimes Webster just says something and you're like, Webster, yeah, man. All right, here's the definition for revive, to return to consciousness or life, to become active or flourishing again. That's so, so good, Webster, way to say it. And tonight, we're specifically talking about reviving uh, our drive, our motivation, our energy. And uh, I think when I think of energy or motivation or drive, I can't help but think of all the dieting plans that I've done in my past. Uh, I started uh, trying a dieting plan in college. Uh, There's some called Atkins, okay? My friend told me about this diet called Atkins diet. And he basically said, it's this diet where uh, all you have to do is eat bacon all the time. (laughs) I was like, finally, a diet that's specifically for me. That's perfect. So we joined together, and uh, we did this diet for a couple days, just eating bacon and eggs and bacon and eggs. And, uh, uh, man, who would have guessed? A couple days later, I'm working, and I just almost start fainting because (laughs) it turns out you need more than bacon and eggs to survive in this life. Uh, so I tried Atkins. I've done versions of paleo. Uh, keto is the new one. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are familiar with this, uh, this kind of coffee, that uh, bulletproof coffee, where you put a stick of butter in coffee. It's delicious. Agreed, because it's butter. <laughs> and we, we, some, we somehow uh, think that that's healthy. It's a stick of butter. Um, so I've tried them all. I've done Whole30 a couple times. Uh, I've done the calorie counters. I've done intermittent fasting. I've done them all, man. And uh, every time I do it, it lasts. I get so pumped, like, this is going to be the one. It's going to work. It's going to work. And then a couple weeks after, I try it. I lose my motivation and I lose my drive. Very similar to working out, right? Uh, I get super excited. I get pumped up. I actually have a friend who, uh, man, he's, he really gets into working out. For him, it's all about the gear, you know, the kind of people I'm talking about? So he got into running, and we went to the running store together. He's like, yeah, those tight, those tight pants? Yeah, I want those. <laughs> or uh, he saw these things where it's like you put a, a headband. It's got a rear-view mirror for your eyes. He's like, I think I'm going to need two of those, you know. <laughs> so inevitably, every year, he'll have, like, two garage sales a year where he'll sell all this gear because he gets super excited, gets pumped up, motivated. And then after a couple of weeks, he loses that motivation. And many of us, this is our reality in our lives. Uh, we get uh, excited about something. We have a big peak of motivation, of drive, of energy. And then we have a quick burst, and then we go into the valley, and we lose that motivation. Uh, for many of us, this happens with our work. Uh, man, we're going to start a blog and start a venture. We get excited about it. We turn out some work. And then when it starts getting difficult, or life circumstances happen, uh, we lose that motivation. Uh, some of us, this has happened with serving. Maybe we took a mission trip. Maybe we went on a Serve Your City project, get excited, exposed to those who are underprivileged, and uh, we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this all the time, and then we lose our motivation. Maybe for you, it's uh, relationally. Uh, get super excited about plugging in, finding community, finding a people to share your life with, 
And then over time, uh, before you know it, you're on Netflix eating some nachos and, and binging mm-hmm. some shows. <laughs> I, not from experience, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, this happens to us spiritually as well, right? Uh, those of us who grew up in the church, uh, you'll probably be familiar with these kind of phrases like a camp high or a treat high. Remember those youth group days where you go to a retreat or a camp, and you get super fired up for God, and spiritually you get um, motivated. And then you come down a couple of weeks later and you'd be back in regular life. And even as young adults, we experience that. Where we'll uh, have a motivation period to follow God. And then it'll, it'll go down. So tonight, the question is, is it even possible to have a sustained, renewed motivation? Is it possible to have a renewable energy that lasts? Not just for a moment, not just for a season, but that last day after day. And I'm here to tell you, I believe there is. So we're going to go together to uh, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. I've been meditating on on it all week, and I just love it. It comes from uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. And this is a writer, Paul, that says this. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. So I want us to pause there for a second. I want to really break apart this entire passage. And I want to focus on lose heart. The Greek uh, word for lose heart is inkakeo. Everybody say that with me. Inkakeo. All right. Sounds like cacao, like chocolate. <laughs> inkakeo. Inkakeo. Inkakeo means to lose heart. And the writer of this scripture is a guy named Paul, and Paul had every reason to lose heart. If you don't know a lot about Paul, uh, let me tell you some of the things that would have uh, been justifiable for him to lose heart. He was at one time uh, snake-bitten. He was shipwrecked. Multiple times he was imprisoned. He was persecuted. He was beaten. He talks about being whipped uh, on his back in constant pain, constantly running from people, Uh, this guy, more than anybody else, had a right to lose heart, to lose his motivation, to lose his drive. What does it look like for you to lose heart? When I say that phrase, what what does that make you think of? Maybe you've experienced uh, some conflict or some brokenness in your relationships. Maybe you've been devalued and you've begun to lose heart in those relationships. Uh, maybe at your work, uh, you're just working to get a check at this point. You're going in, you're clocking out, you're bored. Or maybe the flip side, you're just overworked and stressed, constant emailing, emailing projects, and you're starting to lose heart in your calling or your job. Or maybe just emotionally, man, you come in here tonight and you're just worn down. Man, you're just worn down. I've been there. Your hope is waning. You're having a hard time doing anything, just getting out of bed, man. I've been there. Many of us have been there. Or maybe tonight your hope and belief in God is, is waning and you're losing heart. This week for me personally, just want to be honest with you, it's been a week where I've just been repeating this scripture because I've felt at many times like I'm losing heart. This is the reality for many of us. Let's continue with this scripture. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly 
we are wasting away. And this is really key here. Outwardly, we are wasting away. And I love this word, outwardly. In psychology, uh, there's basically two, uh, two places where we find our motivation, right? So one way is our extrinsic motivation. What, are, what is extrinsic motivation? This is like success. This is like rewards or punishments, money, achievement, status. That's one way we can find our motivation. Our, our last series, Happy Hunting, was a lot about this stuff. Uh, we can find our motivation through outward things, external things, or the other kind of motivation is intrinsic motivation. Things like worth and value, fulfillment, identity, spirit. So when we put our hope in outward circumstances, the way Paul says outwardly, when we put our hope in those things, it totally makes sense that our motivation would be in constant flux because we're highly motivated when things are going well. Uh, like when my diet's going good and I'm losing weight, like I'm motivated, of course, but then when it's hard, when I have to eat something more than bacon, it gets really tough. That's a constant flux, right? Uh, when the job's going great, everything's working well, yeah, it's, sure to get, uh, it's easy to get energized, motivated. Uh, but then when things take a turn for the worse, man, our energy and our motivation goes down because we're putting our hope in outward, extrinsic things. That's where we're getting our motivation from. Now, Paul says, as he finishes verse, he says that our renewal and our energy doesn't come outwardly. He says it comes inwardly. Yeah, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Greek word for renewed is anakeno. Everybody say anakeno. I'm pretty sure I didn't even say it right. <laughs> but you guys did a good job. Anakeno, I love that word. Renewed. How do we have sustainable, renewable energy? I've told some of you guys this. Um, one of the cool things about me moving to California and being in ministry is uh, there's been a man in our church for the last few years. Uh, he knew that I didn't have a car, so he, he lets me borrow cars to drive around. It's a really cool thing. And he found out that I was moving uh, uh, to work in Menlo Park, and I used to be in Mountain View. So he was like, you're going to need like a, a, a better uh, a, a car that's better on gas mileage, right? So he got me uh, an electric car. It's a little bitty electric car. It's got a Christian fish on it, which is funny. Uh, but it's a fully electric car. And what do we call those kind of cars? We call them sustainable or we call them uh, renewable energy. And why is that? Uh, because gas-powered energy, like gas, is a finite resource. Renewable energy, we can create electricity. I can plug in that car at night constantly get renewable energy. How can we, where do we get sustainable energy for ourselves? Where does our inner drive come from? Uh, tonight, I've got a couple of illustrations uh, that I want to give you to help you see this idea of where we can get renewable energy from day after day, okay? Now, these illustrations are going to be super simple. At some points, I'm probably going to test your intelligence because you're going to be like, oh, these, I get this. I heard this in youth group. Uh, but these are so powerful to me, and they're so key to us as we follow Jesus and attempt to connect with him. Now, here's the first one, right? Uh, this is a lamp I stole from my house. Uh, no, I really did. It's not a joke. Uh, now, again, super simple illustration, right? This lamp, as of right now, just potential energy. 
This lamp is uh, a conduit. It has no source of energy within itself, right? Uh, at least when it comes to electricity. Uh, it, without being connected to any kind of source, it provides no light, provides no uh, uh, energy. And so the simple illustration, right, is when we connect it to the source, gets plugged in and it becomes a conduit. The source, I'm gonna be super honest, I'm not super clear how electricity works. I'm 35 years old. Uh, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I know it goes through wires, but uh, I know it works, right? Uh, so when you <laughs> plug it in and the magic happens, uh, <laughs> it's not producing its, its own energy. All it's doing is connecting to the source. That's where its energy is coming from. One of my favorite uh, things that Jesus talked about, uh, he talked about in John 15, he says, I am the vine. So Jesus is saying, I'm the source of energy. I'm where the energy comes from. I'm the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain connected to me, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. You'll flourish. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, super simple, but it's key to our spiritual life, our spiritual motivation. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you may connected to me, abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Another illustration that I love when I think of energy and motivation uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a sunflower up here. Do you guys remember when I showed that? So uh, I have a picture. This is just fascinating. This has nothing to do with the sermon. You see that picture out there? This sunflower was growing in my gutter. <laughs> Anybody know how that happens? Sunflower seeds? That can't cause it, right? After I eat sunflower seeds? Okay. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, I just took this picture because I was fascinated. I was like, how does that grow on the gutter? It's just amazing. So this is that actual sunflower seed, or su uh, sunflower. Uh, I took it from my, my roof. I took it from my house. And now, as you can see, uh, this is sort of my, my image, my illustration of a wilted uh, plant. This is the illustration of losing heart in cacao, disconnected. Uh, from the energy, disconnected from the source. Uh, as simple as it is, this is what a lot of us feel like day after day. We try to produce our own uh, motivation, our own energy, our own drive, and we just feel like we're wasting away. Uh, at another place in my, uh, in my yard, I got that picture, right? The crazy plant. Okay, that's a plant. <laughs> this is really weird, I know. Uh, that plant, Mark, was it, what was it called, Mark? Senecio. So just quick fact about Mark, who's on staff here at Sanctuary. Uh, he knows everything about plants. Okay, so if you ever have a question, uh, earlier I just said, what kind of plant is that? He knew off the top of his head. We planted this Senecio when we first moved to California. It was like a little succulent. And we planted it in that little pot and over time, man, that thing has just flourished and flourished. It's, got, it's actually pretty ugly at this point. It just keeps growing. And it's growing so much. It's flourishing so much that we take parts of it and we replant them in other places. So it's actually multiplying. This is a part of that Senecio? Yeah, 
Nailed it. <laughs> so all over our backyard, we've got pieces of this Senecio that we've planted. And I just love these, uh, the juxtaposition here, right? Again, I know you're Stanford people, you're tech people, you're super smart. This is a simple illustration, but it's so good. You can see the roots of this plant. And from the outside, we can only see the flourishing part. We can sort of see the fruit, the, the flourishing, the thriving part. We don't see what's happening inside the pot right now. The roots have dug in, and they're gaining uh, nutrients in the soil. They're rooted deep into the source. After you bring the plant out of the source, it wilts away. Again, in Scripture, uh, Psalm 1 says this, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So the question we're asking tonight is how do we not lose heart? How do we have sustainable, renewable energy? And it's a super simple answer, but a lot of us aren't actually applying it in our lives. To do this, to receive this energy, we have to connect to the source. To experience this renewal day after day, we can't be unplugged. Many of us are trying to uh, muster up the energy and the motivation to go through life, and it keeps failing over and over again instead of connecting to the source. So my question tonight for you guys is if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, are you actively connecting to him? Because here's the deal. Christianity, regardless of what you grew up understanding, Christianity is not a club that you sign up for. Many of us who grew up in uh, America church, Christianity was a thing that we decided to become. Uh, now I am a Christian because I did this thing and I will always be a Christian. The weird thing is Jesus never told anybody to be a Christian. <laughs> That's never what he called people to. Jesus said, follow me. Become like me. Follow my way. Abide in me. Connect with me. And I will transform you. This is what this life is all about. Dallas Willard says, says it like this. He saves us by realistic restoration of our heart to God. And then by dwelling there with his Father through the distinctively divine spirit, the heart, thus renovated and inhabited, is the only real hope of humanity on earth. What's he talking about here? He's talking about our hearts being connected to the source transformation and renewal on the inside, not outwardly, but inwardly. This is where our energy comes from. We allow Jesus to be the source and to flow through us. So how do we do this? How do we practically, practically go about connecting to our source? I have a list of, of spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are one of the more practical ways that we can take part in connecting to God. A lot of you guys have, 
uh, either practiced these or seen these, but again, uh, they are just ways that we can connect to solitude, silence. How often do you do either one of those? How often do you disconnect from your phone, from uh, your streaming? How often do you disconnect and just get away to hear from God? Scripture in Psalms says, be still and know that I'm God. How often do you be still? How, do, how often are you still? Uh, reading scripture, mem- memorization, super easy one, right? We know we're supposed to do that. How often do you do that? How often are you soaking in the scriptures and just meditating on them? Prayer, man, uh, I, I, just a foundational part of our faith, connecting with our God. How often do you do that? How often do you practice that? Uh, fasting, man, this has been around uh, the church from the beginning. Jesus told the disciples, there's some things that will only happen through prayer and fasting. Uh, Sabbath, this is a huge one for those, uh, those of us who are constantly uh, emailing, constantly working, uh, doing work. God gives us a command to take a day and be apart from all that stuff and to rest in him, delight in him, worship him. And worship, and, and to be clear, worship is not coming to a Sunday service and, and singing. That's a piece of it. That's a part of it. Worship is responding to God throughout your life, throughout your week. Reflection. How often do you just reflect on your life? And finally, meditation. It's a big one for me, just meditating on the scriptures, meditating with God. Now, here's the deal. I don't list those to make uh, this thing a checklist. These are not things that we check off to, or if we don't do them, we feel guilty about. Again, a lot of us who grew up in the church, we've got a lot of baggage with that of like, man, if I don't do that, does that make me not not a good Christian? Or if I do, I am a good Christian. Not about that. These things have nothing to do with that. These are just ways to help us connect to our source so we can be plugged in. Now, my story uh, of, of learning how to connect and grow my roots with God, I'd gone through a season uh, in college where it was a, a time where I was just losing heart. Uh, I had uh, been dating this girl for a while. Uh, we thought um, that, you know, that Christian thing, especially in the Midwest, we had this Christian thing where you would, t- you would meet somebody and you're like, is she the one? Is she the one? Yeah, oh, she's definitely the one, you know. Uh, in Christian circles, is either she's the one or she's not the one, right? And, uh, man, this girl, she was the one. I just knew it. Uh, we had met for two weeks, and I was like, oh, she's the one. Uh, and we dated for a while. I got really serious. We both thought each other was the one. And then we, we broke up, and it was super hard for me. And then uh, right after we broke up, it was a summer where a lot of my friends were moving off to a different city, and I was living alone. Um, a family had let me basically stay. They had like a second house uh, behind their house. Like in Oklahoma, we, it would have been like a shack, but here is like a million-dollar home, I'm assuming, because <laughs> it had a kitchen and a bathroom. Was, uh, I'd love to rent that out here. Uh, but for this summer, all my friends were gone, all my community, all my connection, just uh, had this bad breakup, living in this house by myself. And uh, I had this decision to make, uh, this newsflash, like, 
a guy in his 20s alone in a house could be a big place for temptation, right? Uh, I just knew that this could become like a, a, a place where I went to uh, separate from myself, separate from God, and it could just be a place where I've withered away. Or I could take these moments, take this summer to learn what it meant to plant my roots into the source, to grow. And so I found this the other day. This is a, a little, little notebook that every day I started writing these scriptures, and I started memorizing them, and I just started meditating on them day after day. And uh, I still remember most of them. And uh, in that room that I was staying in, million-dollar home here, uh, I just made this, uh, it sounds a little silly, but I just made this, uh, uh, fashioned a little altar and uh, I got my guitar and every night I would just worship with God. Uh, not to, you know, I was a worship leader. It wasn't to plan services. It was just to be with God and worship God. I started writing songs. Uh, I ended up, uh, <laughs> this was a time I was so heartbroken. I wrote a song for my future wife, which ended up, uh, I, this was a song I used to propose to my wife. So come on, somebody. <laughs> Romantic at heart. Um, all the, so the reason I'm saying all this, I'm not trying to paint myself in a, in a good light or anything like that. I'm trying to just share with you, uh, some of you guys will have experienced the same thing that I'm talking about. As I started putting these practices into place, started connecting with God, uh, man, I was being renewed day after day. Oh, I felt like I was planted deep, and I was getting rich, rich nutrients, and I was plugged in. I was learning what it meant to abide with Jesus and to be connected to the vine. So tonight, uh, my hope for you is that you would start thinking about what it means to find your motivation not through your own energy, to find your drive not through getting pumped up, but you would find your energy from the source. So as we close, I uh, wanted to finish uh, reading this verse, uh, these verses that Paul had started. And then uh, we're going to just end in a, a different way tonight. So Paul says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by and here's the part I haven't read yet. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Here it is. So we fix our eyes on what, not, what, on, not what is seen, so not on the outward things, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, is wasting away, what is unseen is eternal. We fix our eyes, we focus our eyes on the eternal goodness of Jesus. So I want to end a little differently tonight. Usually we'll end with a few different songs, uh, but tonight I want to end it uh, with a time of, of a little reflection, a time for you to connect with God. And then we're going to sing an old ancient hymn together about fixing our eyes on our source, on our light. So what I invite you to do is just close your eyes with me. And this is a chance for you to connect 
with God. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things going on. So I want you to accept this as a gift, a time to just sit and breathe. And remember that God is as close as a breath. As we, as we connect with him, I just love to read uh, some scriptures over you. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these other things will be added as well. Jesus, help us, help us to believe that you're not a, just a theoretical construct. You are a real Savior. You're alive. Jesus, show us how to connect to you. Would you help us stop trying to do everything on our own energy, our own power, our own strength? Show us how to connect to you. To breathe deep your goodness and your joy. You tell us that your yoke is light. And we want to know that. We want to understand what that means. As we go this week, would you help us to uh, connect with you from the moment we walk uh, out of our, our room, the moment we walk out of our house, would each step be with you? If 
Finally, Jesus, help us to not lose heart and to believe and remember and cling to this idea that you are renewing us day by day. And you're not done with us. You're transforming us from the inside. Mm. That you want us to flourish. we close tonight, uh, we're just going to sing this ancient hymn that's been around the church for a long time. And uh, we're simply making this the hope and the cry of our hearts that we would turn our eyes to Jesus. That we'd turn our eyes away from the things that are seen, that were outwardly, and that we'd focus our intention, our heart, our motivation on him. So let's all stand together as we sing these words. prayer for you as you leave tonight is that you would learn how to turn your eyes to Jesus in all situations. That it wouldn't just be a Sunday thing. It wouldn't just be uh, a time to have a quiet time. At certain times of day, it would be a learning of how to turn your eyes to him when you're at work, when you're at the grocery store, when you're driving in traffic. May we all learn how to look inwardly allow Jesus, the source, to transform us. Amen.